Matthew 9:36. I talk to you about and share with you about the call tonight. When Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Everybody say pray. Pray Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his field. Father, we thank you, Lord, right now that your Holy Spirit would challenge us in this place. And I thank you for the honor and privilege to be a messenger. Speak to my life and everyone in this place. For we want to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor say, The call. Praise the Lord. You may be seated tonight. Now, continue on to chapter 10. There in Matthew, the Bible says in verse 10, he says, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits. Hello, somebody. That's chapter 10, verse 1. To cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Now, tonight I want to share with you exactly what was taking place here because the The importance of understanding scripture goes with beginning to understand the the scenario, what was happening at the time. You see, the chapter 10 of Matthew, when you begin to read throughout that chapter, you begin to get a little fearful about the call of God upon your life. Because Jesus said it real, real. Hello, somebody. Tell, Tell your neighbor, Jesus is for real. And he starts to really put it in, put the fear of God into the hearts of the disciples when he says, you know what, I'm calling you, come here for a minute. And he called all the disciples there in his presence and he, he said, listen, I'm giving you all authority. Hello, all power and authority has been given to you now. But then he says, and I'm sending you out like sheep amongst the wolves. You see, Jesus was really doing something here very important because prior to that in chapter 9, what happened was Jesus was performing miracles and doing things for, to, to, to heal the sick, to deliver the demon-possessed individuals, and he looked up and he began to see the great need before his very eyes. So what happened was his spirit was filled with compassion for the lost because he was looking at them like they had no shepherd yet. Hello, somebody. You see, tonight, I want you to know, God is looking for shepherds. He's calling you and I not only to be sheep amongst the wolves, but to go out there and to bring that shepherding spirit to the lost world that we live in. God is calling you and I, just as he called the disciples, he says, listen, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. The call of Christ upon our life is not an easy call. Can I get an amen, my brother? You see, it's the call for the courageous at heart. 
It's the call for those that are willing to go ahead and die to their own self, hello, and to begin to allow the resurrection of Christ live through us. You see, all power and authority was bestowed upon the disciples. Why? Because Jesus was first telling them, look, you're going to need this power and you're going to need this authority because I'm sending you out where you're going to be beaten, where you're going to be persecuted, where you're going to be burned, where you're going to be thrown into jail and prison for my sake. It's not going to be an easy road before you. Hello, somebody. But like Pastor Steve always said, the, how do you know you're on the road to success? It's uphill every step of the way. Can I get an amen? You see, we got to understand the call that God has upon our life. Yes, God has chosen to bless us. In Genesis, he spoke to Abraham, and he even told Abraham, go, and I will bless you so much that you will begin to be a blessing to the nations. And whoever blesses you will in turn get blessed. But ever, everyone who curses you will also be cursed. We are a part of that lineage of Father Abraham. So yes, we are called to be in the blessing of the Lord. But the blessing sometimes calls for us to go the extra mile. To step a little further. To press in through the wickedness of the world and to begin to allow ourselves to really be put in a place which it may not be easy, where you may not win the popularity contest of the, hello somebody. Where everybody's not going to be looking at you and saying, oh, you're so great, you're so wonderful, hello. You might be even a place where you're going to be feeling real lonely and nobody around. You see, Jesus right there, he warned the disciples. He said, I'm going to make it real for you. I'm sending you out. I'm giving you the power and authority, but I'm sending you out. And I'm sending you out to be sheep amongst the wolves. The little bit of ray of light within the darkness of this world. You see, but that's a privilege, my friend. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to carry the cross that God has given to us to carry for his honor and glory. Can I get an amen? In order to really understand and to begin to get a part of that calling, the first step for every one of us is first of all to go through the process of our heart being exposed to the compassion for the lost. You see, if you're going to be going and being sent into a world where there's going to be wolves, where there's going to be tough times, adversity, you cannot do it with the heart that you have when you first come to Christ. Hello, somebody. There's a process of the call in our life, and I want to tell you, first of all, the first process is, is what? Catching the heart of God. Getting that heart of pure and unadulterated love and compassion for the lost. You see, yes, it's awesome that we could go and travel the world and bring the gospel to a dying world. It's awesome, that, and it's a miracle that I even got a passport in the first place. Hello, somebody. It's awesome, and it's a miracle that they even let me go across borders, especially with the picture I used to carry in my passport. Hello, somebody. But the truth is, is when God calls you, you're going to go through a process of purification first. Because without a pure heart, my friend, you're never going to be able to withstand the adversities of the enemy. Without a pure heart, 
Without a heart that is filled with the love of God, you will find yourself not finishing the race if you start the race too soon. Hello, somebody. That is why it is always important to submit yourself to your pastors and shepherds. Not to try to get ahead of them in your calling. To wait upon the Lord in your calling. To trust in the Lord in your calling. To continue to exercise that obedient kind of faith. To know that God has called you, yes. But you've got to be prepared for the call. Especially if God is going to raise up and this church has an anointing to go into cities and into nations. This is a church planning church. This is not a church that is just a local church. The anointing and the mantle that has been placed upon our church here in Hayward, hello, is a church that is going to be called to go and to inherit the nations of the world. That's why you're in the home today. That's why you're not in the home in another city. You see, you're in this place. You and my, me, my brothers and sisters, we are here called to this church. Why? Because this is the mantle. This is the calling that God wants you and I to share in, that we can begin to possess that calling and understand that our calling is greater. Our calling and responsibility is more purposeful. Hello, somebody. That yes, from the little city of Hayward, God can begin to impact the rest of the world. That yes, the Philippines is never going to be the same because of victory outreach in the city of Hayward. Yes, the Indonesia is not going to be ever the same because of victory outreach Hayward. Yes, Cape Town and South Africa will never be the same because of victory outreach here in Hayward. But I want you to know it's, it's that first process you, many fail. Many try to get ahead of God. Hello, somebody. And so they began to find themselves not allowing God to bring them through the process of obedience. I tell you, my friends, I went through a lot of process in, in here in this church to prepare my heart to have a love for the lost. You see, it takes a lot of compassion and a lot of unadulterated love to love those that don't love you back. To love those that might steal your church sound system. Hello, somebody. To still accept them with open arms when they were, when they last time you seen them, they were cursing at you and calling you all kinds of names. Hello, somebody. You see, that takes a, a godly kind of love, a love that it only comes from a transformed heart. You see, the old man that I used to be could never, ever withstand those kind of attacks. But I'll tell you, because the process that God brought me through, allowing my heart to become a heart of flesh, and the compassion that I started to allow, the world began to fill my heart. Hello, somebody. The need, the loss, the dying, the people out there that are still being abused. Hello, somebody. The young people that are still being out there and being sold on the trade market. Hello, somebody. You see, that kind of compassion is what keeps me fighting the good fight of faith. That's what helps me continue to pick up my cross when it gets real heavy. I'll tell you, I needed to be at World Conference this year. Hello, somebody. 
On Monday morning, I was so tired and burnt out, man, I was ready to throw in the towel. But I'll tell you what, I thank God because in Victory Outreach, when God starts to refresh me and renew me and revive me, I can go ahead and say, you know what, there is a cause, there is a purpose. And if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? Hello, somebody. If I don't continue to fight, then what's going to happen? Listen, I know without a shadow of doubt that God has called my family and I to the nation of the Philippines, but I know that the Philippines is going to be the gateway to Asia. And that's a heavy calling. But I know without a shadow of doubt that God continues to fill me with the compassion for the lost and it is that very much compassion that keeps me fighting. Hello, somebody. And I remember the times I first started getting that compassion in my heart. I remember the trials I had to go through to get that purification in my heart, to get my heart into the right place because I went through some heavy, heavy trials before the Lord allowed me to go and be an arrow in the quiver. I went through some heavy, heavy battles. And I'll tell you right now, even when God starts to use you and call you to go and to do things for his honor and glory, it doesn't get any easier. Hello, somebody. You see, it says in Ezekiel, the Lord will take away that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. A heart that's been washed in the blood of Jesus, filled with his love and compassion. And a heart that will obey the word of the Lord no matter what. A transformed heart that will be led with compassion for the lost. You see, everything that I do now is motivated for the lost. Everything that I do in my life has always been motivated, not for my own selfish desires, but because I have been crucified in Jesus. Hello, somebody. Because my life and my heart has been crucified already. Listen, I was in the pit, and Jesus saw and recognized me and said, listen, I'm pulling you out of that madness, out of that lostness, out of that despair, and I got a plan for your life. And guess what, my friend? It's not my right to take my life back from him, but my life belongs to the Lord and now it's already settled that issue and because of that I'm able to go ahead and battle in the trenches and fight the enemy off for the sake of those lost souls that are coming into our recovery home in the Philippines for the sake of those men and women that God has given a calling upon and raising up in our churches hello somebody for the sake that, listen, every time I go and I see a lost soul, that I got to be moved to say something, to tell them to give them a flyer, even if I don't got the paper. Hello, because we've been doing it without flyers for a long time. But one thing I learned from your pastor, hello somebody, is that I am the flyer. Let my life preach the gospel. Let my walk testify about the goodness and the power of God. Because true compassion is always motivated to die unto selfish ways. You see, I always got to check my heart. Because a lot of times, even today, even though my heart went through that purification process to, to receive the calling of God upon my life to go into a place, hello, where I'll be surrounded with wolves. Hello, somebody. You see, we got to open up our eyes and realize and, and, and see the reality. This was a reality check for the disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's what I hope and pray that we will get a hold of is that there's a reality taking place all around us in the streets of Hayward.
There's a reality taking place right down the street there in a place I used to know as Happy Land. Hello, somebody. There's a reality taking place that young people are being taught that it's okay to be homosexual in our schools. But they're not being allowed to be taught that God is the righteous God and that he is for real. There's a reality in America that today that the churches need to wake up, hello somebody, and begin to experience the revival and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God has placed a, a mantle on the, the, the country of America as well. It's up to us. Victory Outreach. I believe and I've seen how God has used Victory Outreach churches to begin to awaken the body of Christ. I see it in this place. I used to go and I used to do a lot of bad things around this church building before. Hello, somebody. But I see an awakening taking place in this church house since Victory Outreach has been in the house. I look around and I see the transformation taking place. Why? Because that is why God has called Victory Outreach, yes, to reach the inner cities of the world, but also to start shaking up the body of Christ and saying, listen, we got to rise up in these last days and begin to preach a gospel that is confronting sin, that confronts the complacency of sin. Can I get an amen in this place tonight? You see, Jesus was giving them a reality check. Listen, I'm going to send you out. And you're going to go to places where you're going to be beaten, where you're going to be persecuted. You're going to, and, and even, you know, this was not a very encouraging call. Many times when we hear, the, you know, God has called us, you know, we talk about all the good stuff. And Jesus was being real right here. Hello, somebody. But the difference was, what made the difference? Why could the disciples accept their calling even though he tried to scare them away with the reality? was because he bestowed upon them the power and authority first. My friend, it's not by how well we can teach or preach, but it is by the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit that we are really going to see an awakening and a transformation take place in our heart. You see, I know that it wasn't only the, the structure of the home that changed my heart, but it was also the process of the Spirit every day waking up, praying, and going through trials and wanting to get in the flesh. Hello, somebody. Wanting to throw in the towel, but the towel being thrown right back at me by the Lord. He said, I ain't call you to quit. I didn't call you to give up. I called you to finish the race and to run the race to receive the prize, Victory Outreach. You see, we're called. And what kind of calling do we have? We're called to go where the need is. You see, they were being sent to a place where they were going to be surrounded by sick people, people who were oppressed, people who were diseased, people who were possessed by demons. Hello, somebody. They were being sent to a place where there was a big need, a place where the need was not being met. You see, God will also prepare them to go to those places of danger, a place where they'd meet adversities, a place where they, their lives would even be threatened. Hello, somebody. 
But God wants us to understand, listen, there are a lot of nations that are asking for Victory Outreach. There are a lot of nations who have not yet received the message from Victory Outreach. There are nations. I remember when I was in Ireland, we were there during the pioneering days. We used to get rocks thrown at us when we would go out there and evangelize. We would be called names and all kinds of things and we'd be persecuted. But all it took was from one drug addict to get saved. All of a sudden, the revival started awakening in the streets of Ireland. And now look what the Lord has done in Victory Outreach in Ireland. You see, God has called us to go to places where it's not going to be popular. Places in Asia. We got countries all over Asia that are full of all kinds of heathen worship. Muslims are all over there. Hello, somebody. Not only Muslims, you got Hindus and all kinds of uh, ungodly worship taking place of idols. And these people in Asia really believe strongly in their faith. They're willing to die a lot of times for their faith. They believe so strongly that they would be willing to kill Christians just to eradicate any open door for the gospel. But I believe there are also many drug addicts, hello somebody. There are a lot of prostitutes, a lot of treasures out of darkness in these countries. And I believe that God is going to call Victory Outreach someday to answer that call to go to a place, hello, that it ain't going to be popular to be a Christian. It ain't going to be easy to be a Christian. But through every form of adversity, there's always going to be a triumph in Jesus' name. That call is going to go out. The call is going to come knocking on our door, Victory Outreach. There is a worldwide epidemic taking place all over the world that only God can solve. And we are the, 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 the military, the army that God has called. Places of danger. Places of financial economies that are below poverty level. You see, how many would be willing to answer the call to go to a third world country and give up everything and to go ahead and die to all material possessions and all materialism just to go ahead and save the lost? How many would be willing to go ahead and, and live without in order to give as much as they can? That's the kind of call that God wants to send out to our churches because if, some, if we don't do it, who else will? Nobody else has been given the mantle that Victory Outreach has been given. But he also said, listen, I have called you Victory Outreach. Isaiah 45, 2 and 3 tells us, I will go before you. I will level all places. I will break down the doors of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures out of darkness. And the riches stored in secret places. Why? So that you may know that I, the Lord, have called you. You see, I know. I took this promise. When this promise came to me, when I was there growing in the Lord, allowing my heart to go through the process of preparation, I knew without a shadow of doubt that this promise was for me also. And I began to say, you know what, this is not just a, a, a promise that I'm going to feel good about and that I feel great about, but I'm going to go ahead and walk and live in the promise because, listen, the Lord says, I will go before you, which means I'm going to have to go somewhere. If he's going to go before me, 
Where am I going? But I'm going to have to follow him because he says, come unto me. Follow me. I'm calling you to me. I will send you out. But I will go before you and I will level all mountains. In other words, I will remove all obstacles for victory outreach. That's my, my conviction. That all I got to do is obey the word of God and listen to the word and claim the promise that Lord, the Lord has called me to go and love the unlovable. To go and go amongst places that may be, seem dangerous on the outward. But the Lord said, I will go before you. I will remove all obstacles. And I will give you the treasures out of darkness. I believed God in this promise. God wants our hearts to be ready to follow him. God said, follow him. Don't take anything. He even told them, listen, don't take any money. Don't take any possessions. Don't think about, any, don't think about tomorrow. He, called, he said, I'm going to send you out as sheep amongst the wolves. And don't take any provision. Hello, somebody. That's a scary thought. That's a scary thought to go ahead and answer the call. Some people I talk to are saying, well, I'm saving up money so that I can go and give the rest of my life on the mission field. Ten years later, they're still saving money. Twenty years later, they're still saving money. Meanwhile, there is a dying world out there waiting for someone to answer the call. Are you willing to believe God for the promise of treasures out of darkness? Are you willing to go ahead and, and accept the fact that it's not going to be easy? Because I told you tonight, it doesn't get easier. But through every battle, there's a greater victory. You see, I experience the presence of God more real every time. Because he, every time he calls me to do something new, something fresh, something out of the ordinary, something that is going to challenge my faith to, to serve him more or to give a little more or to die a little more. Hello, somebody. Even Paul said, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. You see, Paul was stating, listen, in order to know Christ more, I got to participate in what Christ participated in. In other words, in order to know Christ more, I need to die more. I need to serve more. I need to give more. I need to love more. I need to be filled with compassion more. I need to go more. I need to answer the call more. And I'll tell you what, man, I've, I've testified, church, especially every one of you know how God has been faithful to me and my family. And after a whole, when on Monday morning when I was so tired and ready to give up, you know how the Lord encouraged me before the conference? I found out that my youngest brother I haven't seen for more than 20 years just showed up. And it was really a miracle how he showed up because he was in the middle of the mountains over there past, on your way to Reno, where my aunt lives, in the middle of the mountains. They live in a cabin, and, you know, it's kind of, I could never do it. Hello, somebody. Two days there, and I'm already going crazy. But they just happened, he just happened to be there with his motorcycle group. Hello, somebody. 
They were there for a wedding in a small town in the middle of nowhere. And right off the back, they just connected. Bam. There's my aunt. There's my brother. And all of a sudden, bam. God is restoring my family. My mother hasn't spoken to him since his first birthday. That's the last time she's seen him, and he's 28 years old now. And when they talked on the phone, she, it was just great. It was wonderful. There was no, you know, hard feelings or anything. But God is in the restoration business. You see, that's the kind of blessing only God can do. You see, I could try to go ahead and knock on doors and try to find them, but it probably will be the wrong timing. Because I tried that when he was seven years old, and man, oh man, it was just a big trial, big mess. That's why I haven't seen him since. But when God does something, he does it the right way at the right time. Can I get an amen? Just when I wanted to give up, just when I wanted to throw in the towel, there's God showing up and saying, just keep on going, man. I got, I'm going to take care of business for you. You know, you might be looking at all the things you're going through, but here I am. I'm removing all obstacles for you today. Give the Lord a hand of praise for that tonight, please. I remember, you know, when God calls you, he calls you to places of the need, places of danger. Hello, somebody. And he tells you don't bring anything. I remember when God called us to go to the Philippines. Within two weeks, I was gone, packed, and got ready to go. Leaving my wife and my daughter behind for them to follow. And a month later, we sold everything we got for our wedding. We was blessed for our wedding. Amen, somebody. Because church, Victor R.H. Hayward loves us so much. Okay, all right. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. I feel the love. All right. And when we, when we got married, it was just a whole church family affair. And we were so blessed, but we were so blessed we had to just get rid of gifts we didn't even open yet. Hello, somebody. I quit a job of 20-something dollars an hour, full benefits and everything else because I knew I was called. And we didn't take a whole lot with us because we couldn't. We only could take six Balik Bayon boxes. That was it, our whole life in those boxes. And then I remember... A few years later, I thank God that God put it in somebody's heart here in the church to go ahead and purchase a van for our church. Because God is always on time. Not too much longer after that, my wife got sick and almost died. And if we didn't have that van, she would not be alive today. Because we couldn't get an ambulance, we couldn't get anything. In the Philippines. Literally, we had to carry my wife three flights down to the ground floor in a, in, a, in a blanket because she could not move. But because God provided the van at the right time, we were able to get her to the right hospital at the right time, just in time. And today, because of that, my wife is still with us today. Amen. That's the kind of faith you got to walk and live in. Because listen, when you're walking and living in the righteous will of God, when he says, I, I'm sending you out a sheep amongst wolves, don't worry about how you're going to provide, how you're going to get taken care of. I will be there just in time. 
Can I get an amen tonight? Lift up your hand and just say, thank you, Lord. God didn't say it was going to be an easy road. But we need to keep our hearts pure. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Paul said it very well when he said in Corinthians, he said it like this. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. but not destroyed. Paul said it very well. He said, listen, we, got, we might get hit here. We might get struck down here. We might be feeling the, the pressure being put on us. But we're not crushed. We're not in despair. We're not forsaken. And we are definitely not destroyed. Why? Because we have inside of us earthen vessels. We have a treasure within us. We are treasures out of darkness, rescued by the miracle power of Jesus Christ. Treasures that God wants to sow all over the world in the inner cities. And guess what? Wherever our lives go, God upgrades the value. Right now, city of Hayward, the value of Hayward is increasing. Not because of materialism or because of the rebuilding of buildings, but because victory outreach is in the city. I see it in my own city. They don't know how to deal with the issues we're dealing with. They're so grateful that we're responding to the call to help those that cannot be helping themselves because they don't know who else to call. That's why we got to get our women's hope open. That's why someday we got to have a children's home because they don't know what to do and they keep calling and calling and calling. But who are they calling? calling victory outreach the call of Jesus Christ is upon this church allow yourself to go through the process to purify your heart for what only God knows but whatever it is, if it's local here to go and to take a community for the honor and glory of God, amen. If it's somewhere else, then go, amen. But whatever it may be, will you be willing to forsake all and answer the call? Let's just begin to worship God because he is faithful in this place. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have called our church to impact the inner cities of the world. Thank you, Lord, right now. Transmit your compassion.